play that piano now? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only a hunky tonking, it's uh, these are good tunes. <laughs> I loved to buy clothes, and maybe that's a throwback to when I couldn't. We used to have a saying when everybody, this was a saying for everybody, I have a suit for every day of the week. This is it. This is Sean Whelan. Every week there's a special event that he likes to get dressed up for. I have about 25 or 30 suits now. And, and um, I'm just telling you because I love, I love to feel dressed. And I like when somebody says to me, I, I like your tyre, I like it. You know, yeah, uh, that's a nice suit. Because nobody was able to say it to me when I was younger. Do you know? I think that's why I'm so, I'm so nearly obsessed now with, with, uh, with dressing neatly. Uh, I asked my wife to, to get out clothes for me to wear. But what short or what tight do you think I should wear with that? Do you know? I got, I got quite fussy at 80 years of age, do you know? I don't know whether... Uh, I'll try and get power some way. Trying to play something that you might not be familiar with you. And this is Paddy Coffee in a room at the back of the Friends of the Elderly Building on Bolton Street in Dublin's north side inner city. This afternoon he'll be playing the organ for the Wednesday Club, an afternoon of music and dance for older people. I have a work voluntarily. I do a lot of voluntary work. And I, I'm prepared to do seven days a week. Uh, anything to get me out of the house. I can't stay in the house on my own. Down on O'Connell Street, looking dapper in his suit, Sean has just arrived by bus from Kells, County Meath. Morning, Nicolin. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm sorry I'm late. The bus, the bus uh, coming up from Kells, I just, you know, I come up from Kells, and it's an hour and a half journey normally. And normally I could say to you that we'd be here the quarter to twelve, and we are here the quarter to twelve. But um, I, I, I just, I came up this morning. I'm heading over to, to Bolton Street, over to Friends of the Elderly. Uh, and it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Uh, how long is it his eyesight has deteriorated in recent years, but Sean navigates his way up to Bolton Street every week, and he chats to me as we walk. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, you do this journey every week. Every well, I do it. Uh, I do it sometimes three times a week. I come up on Mondays. Um, I go over to to um, St Mary's Daycare Centre in in uh, Rathmines. I come with Paddy Coffee. Paddy plays the piano and I attempt to sing. Uh, and uh, and then on Wednesdays we go to we go to Baldwin Street, do the same thing there. But time flies, you know that? As you get old, time goes awful quick altogether. Awful quick. It's I don't mind it going quick, I'm not I'd rather went a bit slower because I could enjoy it better. But uh, and I'm very lucky with my health generally. Um, so I, I'm able to enjoy it. Hello, Sean here. Listen, there's somebody. Around. Oh, great! We're in the door. Thank you. We're here in in uh, the Friends of the Elderly Club in in Bolton Street. It's a weekly club. It, it takes place on Wednesdays. Paddy Coffey and myself uh, started coming here a number of years ago. It might have been. It might have been five years ago. I could play some French uh, waltzes.
But uh, they'd be all here with all the weather. They all want to get out too. They're like me. They want to get out. How late in the snow they'd be here today, you know? They're all in one boat. You'll be like that one day too. And you'll be coming in here to me in about 40 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be here waiting on you. <laughs> and be expecting you to sing too. Oh, God, you wouldn't want to hear that. <laughs> no, they're here every week, you know? They start rambling in here from half past one. People start to arrive, and Sean, who will be MC for the afternoon, is waiting by the door with hugs and hellos. Hello, how are you, Vera? Are you well? Nice to see you. Hello. When they come in, I let you greet them. I give them all hugs and make a fuss of them. You know. How are you, sweetheart? Hello yeah. there, darling. Quick, before he comes in and sees me. <laughs> there they are. This fellow's like he's a George Clooney, the second. <laughs> right. Here's our, here's our husband. It's all right, he didn't see us. He was chatting a young one out there. I come here to get all my hugs on a Wednesday. I get dozens of hugs. <laughs> I made great friends here in this club. It's a lovely club, lovely. The, the, there's great atmosphere. Anybody else here for tea or, tea or coffee? Okay, tea or coffee, I don't mind whatever you're I come in here happy, but I go out very happy. I go out over the moon because I get so much from the people that I'm, that I'm, I'm working with here. Uh, and there's no... I always tell them, people say, I can't sing, everybody can sing, and there's no stars here. Uh, there are people who can sing a little better than others, and they get up and sing, but everybody does their thing. I enjoy the things I'm doing now since I retired. I've been retired 17 years now. I'm a Dubliner, born and bred. Uh, born, born down in Ballybock. This is inner city. There's, there's people coming here from Finglas, from Cabra, and some even come from Walkinstown or wherever. But they were all one time living around this area, but all of the houses were condemned, and they had to take for the corporation gave them, something like Finglas, but they never lost their roots, and they all come back here. One, two, one, two, five, four, three, two, one. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Hello. I'm a dub. Born and bred. My parents and all were all dubs. Can't beat them. Dara, you dub. Thank you for the God. I'm a dub, true and true. Couldn't be any Dublin because my mother was born in Moor Street. <laughs> born and her mother sold in Moore Street. I just walked, left school at 14 and went to walk. Well, I saved my time as a brushmaker. A brushmaker? A brushmaker. Was it like a hair brush or a sweeping brush? What kind of brush? Every kind, except shaving brushes. I didn't do them. I done scrubbing brushes, sweeping brushes, tube brushes, clothes brushes. The brush we had to get out and walk. We had to get out and walk at that time because the money was very, very small. And I remember, I think I got one fifty. Gave my mother a pound. I kept fifty cents for myself. And thought, well, fifty pence. I thought I was doing well. Dress myself out of it. No, today, do you see, they've only moved on. They're not happy. 
they're getting children's allowance, they're getting married mothers' allowance and all, and they're not happy, they're still looking for more. We raise our children without all them. Music kicks off, led by the band. Paddy and Joe Farrelly on organ, Christy Gorman on drums and Willie Shanks on spoons. Only for clubs like this, elderly people wouldn't be able to get out and about. It's a, it's a way of meeting people and having a bit of crack and enjoying yourself. We have a cup of tea and a biscuit and the music is there and people get up, take turns and Sean, the MC, he calls them out in turn for to sing and they're brilliant singers in it. So I look forward to it, I do. So if it wasn't for this, like, what would We'd be lost, sitting in the house or walking around the street and at my age, I'm nearly 82, you wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be able to walk far. The sky has lost its shade of blue And I have lost my lovely rose and you But someday soon the clouds will drift away And spring will bring another lovely day I, I, I like now when good singers get up here, I like, I like good singers. There's one guy stands out here, you know, Frank Talbot. Now, he's the only one here gets an encore, gets, gets three songs, the only one. And uh, when he comes in today, he has a little notebook. And he's very, very keen. And he starts singing there and say, Now, what key is that? And I say, That's the key of A flat. He writes down A flat. That goes into his, his cottage library. Now, he can walk and sing them in pubs the weekend. He, won't, he will not get up on any stage anywhere unless he knows his keys. He's a perfect perfectionist. Very, very good singer. My name is Frank Talbot. I'm going about ten years to the Friends of the Elderly. I love going to it. it there's no drink, it's only tea and coffee and that. And uh, But it's... I think it's great, you know. So, long may it stay, as they say, you know. Actually, it's a pity it's not open twice a week. I think it's, uh, you know, people come from Cabra and Finglas to, to, to come into it, you know, which is, uh, that's how much they like it. I think everybody has their own seats and then you just get to know the people around you. It's only two hours, two to four, but it's, uh, it's nice, you know. And I, a miracle come true I wait to find my lovely rose People like Frank in the Wednesday Club remember the good times in Dublin and also the hard times. 78 years of age, born and raised in Capel Street. And uh, as I did, things were things were really bad then, you know what I mean? We lived in the big tenement house where there was eight families in the same house. Yeah, just one tiler in the yard, that done everybody. It was so difficult to get a job then. And then most people had uh, six, eight and ten children in the one room. Yeah, all the tenement houses around there were the same. They all had the one taller in the yard. And uh, 
eventually we got another little room at the at the back in Cable Street, which was heaven. But uh, it was still eight in the, the mother and father was ten in the between the two rooms. You know, everybody helped one another. They really helped one another as best as they could. Do you know what I mean? You could trust anybody. Then you know what I mean. But a lot of people had to get help then from the Saint Vincent de Paul and all that type of thing. You know, things were that bad. I wake to find my lovely rose and you. I uh, grew up in Ballybock, uh, in Sackville Avenue, right at the back of Croke Park. It was, a, it was a terrible, poor time. I, I mean, you, you walk out there now and you, you, you don't see anything like the sort of, uh, of afflictions that, that we saw then. I haven't seen a person, and I don't mean to be to be past remarkable, but but I've never I haven't seen a hunchback for for years. I can't remember the last time. But like in the school where I went, there were four or five kids who were, who who had hunchback, and I believe it. It, it came from uh, a sort of malnutrition. It was absolutely commonplace to see children with bandy legs from, from rickets you know because of, of lack of nourishment lack of nourishment was, was, uh, it was obvious it was obvious and, and th- those sort of afflictions that I spoke about the other one the, the, the hunchbacks and that, that, that could have been caused by lack of nutrition in the mother when she, when she was pregnant or, or whatever but, uh, barefoot children in winter going to school no socks, no shoes, no nothing. Do you know? Barefoot, little blue feet. And but they, they were hard, hard times. But there was a lovely spirit, community spirit in, in people. Uh, with all of that, with all of that, women helped each other to have babies. And if anybody was sick, people looked after them. And uh, like uh, if a woman was going to the hospital to have a baby, Somebody looked after her children, and that was the lovely thing about Dublin when I was growing up. This night here with you under the stars. It started later in life, actually. It's only in the last 30 years, I'd say, that I've got the courage to get up. So we've been getting up ever since, you know. I actually, I, I actually was too nervous and too shy to get up. And then uh, it was in a pub in uh, Thomas Street. And I got the courage to get up then. It was called There Never Was a Night So Beautiful. There never was a night. That's what's the name of it. I still remember it. That's hard to believe after all this time, you know. And uh, I've been getting up ever since. I got complimented on the singing, you know what I mean? So even at the weekend, yeah, I'm always trying to come out with a different song, which I usually do. And uh, 
people asked me, would come up and ask me who recorded or who sung that, do you know what I mean? But the women screaming put me off a little bit, you know. <laughs> That's a joke, but do it. <laughs> I lived in Crumlin. The three of us were saying, me, my brother and my sister, were all uh, brought to music. I stayed on a bit longer than them. They, they just got fed up with it, you know, so uh, I stayed on with them. I used to go to uh, the teacher called Anna Maddox. She was on Norman Key. And he was only about six months a lesson or something like that for an hour. And I was punished. You see, there's, there's a, such a thing as the, the music in front of you. And they call it the stave. And uh, she'd be going along with the rule, you know. And I'm playing, she'd go along with the rule. And if I played a clinker, I'd get it right there on the back of the knuckles. You know, now that was, today now that would be assault. Now on the sharp end, of the, not the flat, the sharp end, right across, and your hand would be up like that. She was a very uh, temperamental woman. I sing reasonably well. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't even call myself a good singer, but in, in, in all modesty, I have a pleasant voice. And, and, uh, and I also have, I also have the ability to have fun with people. And, and, and that's a lovely gift to, to have. But I always sang at parties and I always sang, you know, anywhere I go, like I'd sing at the drop of a hat. Do you know, I always loved to be asked to sing. Did that all my life, but uh, but but like the the since I retired, the things I've been doing since I retired, I couldn't. Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to sort of go back into yourself when you retire. But I'm sure I came out. I was. I became, maybe came out in too many ways. Started drinking and stuff like that, and I retired. And I'd been a pioneer all my life. At the time when the Wednesday Club people were leaving school as young teenagers and looking for work, Dublin's city centre was a manufacturing hub. Factories made everything from boots, brushes and biscuits to sausage skin and sweets. I was left school when I was 14 and I was a cutter in the clothing trade, the Abbey Clothing Company, for 30 years in Abbey Street. I did have six brothers and that, but they all went to England to work because there was no work in Ireland. I'm the only one who didn't go to England, you know. It was hard to get a job then when I was that when I was fourteen, you know. But I was lucky enough to have got into the Abbey and I stayed there until it closed down. All clothing factories now are, are gone. They reckon it was called the rag trade because they reckon it was the lowest paid uh, of all uh, the trades going around that time. But there's no uh, there's no clothing factories around like that now anywhere, you know. You see, all my, all my people down the great-great-grandfather, who was, were all corporation people. My great-grandfather was killed in the corporation. He, he fell off a, a truck 
and we we went over his chest, and uh, ever since that, all my, my grandfather, me, me, my young father, my brother, myself, we all worked in the in, in the corporation, and it's kind of tradition, you know. And funny, uh, me and my own sons won't work in the corporation. They wouldn't, because the tradition is gone. I uh, I ended up as uh, like a works. And did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy your work? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not to get out like after 42 years, you know. But then uh, I found myself isolated on my own, which I didn't like, you know. So I had to get into this charity thing, you know. is in full swing and before long people are up on the floor waltzing and line dancing. Paddy, Sean and the other band members are volunteers but seeing people enjoy themselves like this is what motivates them. You get enjoy it, enjoy it, you know. There's a, there's a little bit of secret, I suppose. You watch, you're sitting here watching people sitting at tables or wherever, and uh, they're talking and they're talking. You see people doing that when they're sitting at they are being received, or they're doing that with their foot while they're talking. You watch the audience, you know. You like to be received. But when, when or people, when I was going to dance, people had to go and learn the ballroom dancing. People that didn't go, they watch other people dancing and they try to copy off them. But the majority of them went to ballroom dancing. But now they don't. There's no such thing as ballroom teaching, very little. They jump on the floor and you start doing that. You know, and that's cheap. The same as the music is cheap. They don't know how to dance. But they're doing this all rubbish on the floor. You know, just sort of standing like this. And uh, there's another gig that, that we do, and I get more out of that than I do at any gig. And I'm, <laughs> I'm likely to get... Emotional, tell you about this. But out in Lusk, there's a nursing home out there, and they're at varying stages of, of, of senility, but they sit around me in, in, uh, in wheelchairs. And the sort of songs I sing are old songs. And these people, some of these people, if you ask them their name, they mightn't be able to tell you. But start singing a song, and you see the lips... And they're singing it with you. And that blows my mind. Honestly, it does. I get... It's beautiful. It's a beautiful experience to, 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 uh, to be able to do that to people who have lost touch of the world. And you bring it back to them with a song. How nice is that? How lovely is that? I come out of there and um, I don't need a footpath. I don't need anything under my feet that's solid. I walk on air coming out of it because I feel so fulfilled. I feel so privileged. I feel so grateful that God 
gave me the strength at 80 years of age to be able to do the things I do. Something that a lot of people have in common in the Wednesday Club is that many of them live alone, having lost husbands, wives and people close to them, which makes these few hours once a week all the more special. My name is Celia Smith and I live in Walkinstown. I've got some friends here who told me to come along. So I've been here for the last couple of weeks now. I'm really enjoying it. Enjoy the company and, you know, it's really nice. I'm enjoying it. And my husband is dead 15 years. So, um, you know, it helps. It helps to get out. You know, if you get out and mix with people, I find it's good. You know, yeah, yeah. My son is, was in Australia, emigrated 30 years ago. He just died last year. So this helps. It's very difficult. But I'm just trying to cope. I'm kind of getting there day by day. When I'm with people, I'm fine. I'll get there. No, it's good. You need friends, especially a time like this. We got married in a fever. Met Barbara in Italy on holidays, going back uh, around 50 years, you know. And uh, there was a tour of Italy, she was on the same bus as me, and uh, holiday romance. It was fate. <laughs> it was odd making a days to meet in O'Connell Street and you in Italy, you know. So we have got, came home, got married, and uh, were 46 years married. And then she died uh, two years ago. Her anniversary is this weekend, uh, on the, which is on Sunday. I lived in Cape Street and Barbara lived in King Street, which is only around the corner from Cape Street. Barbara was also in the clothing trade. She was a machinist. She used to like get up to sing a song and then we decided to learn a song or two and got up to do a duet and that always went down well because there's not many people good now, uh, couples getting up doing a duet, you know what I mean? So we used to always go down well, you know. Oh, it's called Jackson. Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra. That was Frank Sinatra's daughter, you know. Cause I'm going to Jackson. Goodbye, that's all she wrote. It's a great number, a great beat with, you know what I mean? And then there was another song, uh, Save Your Love. My darling saved her love. Rennie and Ronaldo, I think we called, you know. Uh, she was sick for about a year. And then uh, she was taken at the hospital where she died in the hospital. And uh, she died in... Uh, oh, what's it called? Imagine me forgetting that one. It's probably... I, I always wanted to forget about it, you know what I mean? You know, she was ill for about uh, nine months before she died and... As I said, our anniversary the weekend, so. Well, I stayed in for a month or two, and then I said, hold on, I'm doing the wrong thing here. So I started to go out with my friends, you know, to continue doing it, because I feel my wife would have wanted me to do that. I'd rather go to where there's music rather than be just sitting, talking in a pub, you know what I mean? got married the usual she died 25 years ago so uh, and I can't stay in the house 
I was married in '53. Uh, yeah, we were married in '53. She died in '87. All of a sudden, you're on your own. A big, big change, you know. Very hard to cope with because even though in the corporation, they did uh, had had advisors for people retiring to advise you what to do before you retire, or as you go bonkers. And uh, sometimes, like uh, I've often went to uh, Ratmines on a Monday and played out at one. I had a bit to eat there, and I went off somewhere else, out to uh, where still are going to play that there in the afternoon, just to keep going. I wouldn't stay at home. I wouldn't say go. I just go crazy, you know. Stay at home. What did I do? What did I get out, you know. It's called the domestic escape. That's what you call it, you know. Get out. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to get out and and play. But when I got the first job, that was just I'd expand from there. I mean, I'm not playing. I don't even stay in the house. I get the train up to Newry or I won't stay in the house on my own. And that's why I have somewhere to go nearly every day, you know. And the day I don't, I've nowhere to go, I head off to Newry. And I get myself a bit of lunch up there at a point and maybe get a message or two, you know. Just for the, I wouldn't need it, but I just for the sake of buying something, you know. Maybe a, a carrot or a, an onion. Don't laugh at me, cause I'm a fool. I know it's true. I was pioneer on my life when I was 64 and I became an alcoholic then. And, but I don't drink now. I, I went to Australia for Christmas to my daughter. And I said to my wife, with seven kids reared, and I've no more serious responsibility. And I've always wanted to taste brandy. But I tasted whiskey and I loved it. But I got to a stage where, like, I would go home from here on Wednesday afternoons and I'd get a bus to Kells and I'd get to Kells maybe six o'clock. And every time I got to Kells, I used to decide I'm not going into Smith's today. But I knew I was fooling myself. I knew that I was going to go into Smith's. And then, ah, I'd go in and have one and have one or two. But then it began to get worse, began to began to drag on, and I'd, I'd go into Smith's and I'd sit there till half twelve, one o'clock, half one in the morning, drinking whiskey. That's all I drank. I loved the buzz I got from it. I nearly panicked if I thought the barman wasn't going to be available to give me the next drink, if he was busy. And I kept two drinks or a drink and a half in front of me all night because I was afraid. And and I, I realised what I was doing. I knew what I was doing and I never liked it. I go to meetings, I go to AA meetings, and I don't know that I need them now. But there are people there who need me. And they helped me when, when I needed them. The way people sing and dance at the Wednesday Club, making their own entertainment, goes back to a tradition of singing houses and house parties that there used to be in Dublin. I find it better to go to music at the weekend rather than be just sitting in a pub talking, you know. There was loads of singing pubs all around the town. But most of the pubs around there are all gone. The younger generation, they're not interested in, uh, in clubs or pubs and getting up to sing a song, you know. They'd rather go to the 
to the big things in the Phoenix Park or the these places, you know. They used to have great, uh, they used to have house parties then. And people at Christmas time, you'd have a house party and all that time. Or a special occasion, they have a party in the house. But uh, I think that's even gone at the moment, you know. You don't, you don't have many of those now, you know. We used to have hoolies in houses. They, 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 they never called them parties, they called them hoolies. Well, there were hoolies in everybody's houses from time to time. There was a massive drink culture. My grandmother liked to have a hoolie in her house from time to time. You'd go in and, um, and they'd, they'd start off having a few drinks and uh, sandwiches and stuff like that. And somebody would start singing. And if there was a piano in the house, you were made up because there was always somebody who played the piano. And he'd sit down, or he or she'd sit down and start tinkling the, the, the keyboards. And uh, straight away then, everybody was singing along with the piano. And then the individual party pieces uh, started to happen. People started singing. And everybody was nearly known for the song that he or she would sing. They they sang the same songs, same song every time. A bit like the Wednesday Club in Bolton Street. People have their own songs that they sing. Uh, some people s- sort of sing different songs every week, but most of the people sing sing the same songs. And it's amazing that... You can go, and I've been going to the Wednesday Club. I have to be at least five, six years going there. At least that, I would think. And, um, and people, I'd say 70 or 80% of the people sing the same songs every week. And we never get tired listening to them. We just love, love listening to each other and love being entertained by each other. And I, I think, that's, I think that's, a, that's a wonderful way for it. The Wednesday Club is the nearest thing now to to a house hoolie that, that you're going to get. Where would you have been without music in your life? God, I couldn't answer that. Couldn't answer that. <laughs> I go bonkers altogether. Uh, ever since uh, my wife died, now you know that's uh, it's helped me. You know, uh, I don't know where it'd be. I, I I don't know where to be going. Actually, you know, I couldn't start going up to Newry every day. That go bonkers too. Sit on a train every day, you know. So it's just that it's, it, uh, it's helped me a lot. You have to re- realize you, you have to die sometime. Everybody has to die. As the old saying is, the longer you live, the shorter you die. The only thing I miss is the big change in life is uh, my wife that died. I think that's a terrible loss in life and it happens. If I died, it would kill me, I can tell you that. But uh, <laughs> So I'm, uh, as I said, you're as young as you feel and I feel that way and I'm going to keep going out and enjoying life and going on holidays and going to Spain, which I am doing. Uh, I have been there already and I'm going again in September. I was, I was at a, another meeting the other day. It was AA. And uh, a woman was sharing there, and she said that, that she's worried about herself because she said an awful lot of people that, who are her friends have died recently, and she's worried. And I had to point out to her that, like, think back to when she was 14 years of age, how many of her friends died then? And then when she was in her 20s, one or two died, they got natural uh, illnesses, they died of natural causes. Brothers got killed in car crashes and stuff like that. Uh, and then you go into your 30s and 40s, and in each decade, 
you know, it's death is death is, is meeting the face more often than it did, and that's all. There's nothing sinister about her friendship, that, but she was genuinely worried about it. Do you know, like I've lost I've, I've, this year long at least three people of whom I'd be very fond, and that's what happens. That's what happens as you get older. That's what happens. And she, I, I tell people here too that, like, because of our age. When you get to, to 60s, from that on, you can regard yourself as being the departure lounge, waiting to take off. Now, that's how I view it. I have no fear of it. I've never had any fear of it. Because I know it's the normal, it's the normal course of, uh, of, of life and death. You know, it's, you know, we're on the departure lounge in, in this place here. We're all old and, and we're ready. We're ready for whatever's, whatever's facing us. And, uh, but that's how, I view, that's how I look at life now. But not with any pessimism, not with any, any depression, just aware that, that that's, that's, that's where I am, that my time is more limited than you could say your time is.